Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Yes, we are back. It's another Saturday, and that means it's time for Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Howdy, everybody. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker de France is over at uh, TV Westfest. Hey, Bunker, he's on the phone. Hey, welcome, guys. It's going to be fun. There are a bunch of crazy people here, uh, but not course. as crazy as we are. Yeah, well, <laughs> who is? And uh, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Afternoon, sir. Gentlemen, how are you both? I'm so happy to be here today and to... Our guest, the great Geronimo, Jerry Martin, Geronimo, I say, Da Anzo. <laughs> don't, don't, bother, don't listen to him. Okay, whatever. <laughs> our, our guest is uh, Jerry Martin. He is the great-grandson of uh, the one and only Geronimo. Welcome, sir. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. That was a greeting in uh, Apache. Apache, here. that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, another it, it translated to we're having beans tonight. Yeah, right. Another, mar- <laughs> another margarita and he'll be fluent. <laughs> <laughs> Not an easy language. <laughs> uh, Jerry, where do we start? Um Wow. I have one question. Yeah. Let me just ask this question. Sure, let me, let's start here, because this, to me, is the most confusing thing about your great-grandfather. Okay. How, explain to us how, where where he got the name Geronimo, and what oh. was his, what was his, the name he went by, because he didn't go by Geronimo, he went by another name, which in Apache is hard to pronounce, but what is it translated into English? As? Well, he's actually had three names. His uh, uh, baby name was Golek, and that means he who yawns. At the age of 14, uh, he was uh, renamed by Cochise after his fourth, uh, cons- uh, not only fourth consecutive, but successful uh, raid, and his name is Goyatle. That means the wise one or the one who is wise. And then you come up with Geronimo. Actually, everybody says Geronimo, and everyone forgets that G it should be an H. And it's a Spanish name. It's not an Indian name. And it's actually pronounced Geronimo. So uh, if you're interested in how that uh, came about, I can spend just a little few minutes and explain all that to Please you. Please do, sir. Okay. Now... As a young man at uh, the age of 14, he was uh, uh, courting uh, Alupe, and he married her, and then four years later, they had uh, three children, and the Apaches were always great traders, and so they went down to Mexico, and outside uh, the town of Hanos, they went into the town, and they were trading, and they brought uh, all of their families with them, because this was a peaceful mission. Uh, they got drunk. And then when they went back the next morning, uh, they were met with some of the uh, members that were uh, returning to let them know they had been attacked during the night. Well, their chief said that we're not going to pick up the dead. We're going to go right on up to uh, Arizona and we're going to regroup. Well, Geronimo and two others said, no, we're going to go ahead and we're going to check this out. And they did. Well, Geronimo found that he had his mother was slain, his wife was slain, and the three children had been slain. So they came back to Arizona. They had uh, asked him to be the leader 
uh, for revenge and he went and he gathered up all of the Indians that he could gather and they snuck uh, out of sight into ravines and got all the way back down to Mexico and they went to the army that had attacked their camp. Now how does he know what army it was? Well they found a hat. Now the United States has one army, the United States Army, mm-hmm. protects everybody. Down in Mexico, they had providences or uh, uh, territories, so well, each was... of the different armies had uh, different uniforms. Well, they knew which one to go for. Well, this particular one was near a river. They wound up uh, at sunrise, and they lined up the, uh, the sun uh, horizon with the warriors. He knew why they were there. He gathered all his soldiers, said beat him down to the river, and they rushed down there. But the only thing was, only one Indian was on across the river, and that was Geronimo with a bowie knife, yelling and shouting and jumping up and down. And so the general said, line them up on the first, down on the shore, the other one's up on the upper. And right away he says, fire. And again he says, fire. Well, there was no time for them to reload. Geronimo gives out the attack. The attack sound brought the Indians from a flank and from behind. Mm. And those soldiers, he didn't have a chance at all to reload. So guess who won? I'm guessing the Indians did. And this happened to be on a special day. This was St. Jeronimo's Day Saint, uh, which is, uh, if you interpret it, it is Gerald or Jeremy and they were yelling out, hit on him, hit on him, until the last one was done. Well, then the Indians started going into a jubilation in a victory call, hit on him, hit on him. Well, Geronimo had come across, and while he was coming across, he got wounded, but yet he joined in the festivities, and he heard this chant going on, and he says, from this moment on, refer to me as Heronimo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Todd, anything else there? Well, I just, I, I, you know, it's it's so great to have that cleared up because we've watched films like Geronimo with Chuck Connors and Apache <laughs> with with uh, 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 Burt Lancaster and so many, and, and then Wes Studi with Geronimo. Mm-hmm. And nobody's ever explained this because... He, you know, he in his earlier part of his life, which was a great part of his life, he really only went by that name, and then he became Geronimo, and and now we finally have some clarification. So that's one of the great reasons that we're having Geronimo on our show today. On top of that, that he's promised me an unlimited supply of fry bread for Nola because <laughs> that's the only way I'm going to keep her around. Lifetime. You know, she won't. She's ready to hit the road now. <laughs> She's, uh, she's leaving me for a very husky fella down in Long Beach who's who's Navajo who makes fry bread. He's got his own little pop-up uh, hutch, and she's going to run out on me for a fella who makes fry bread. Yeah. So, Bummer. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do all the best I can. I'm, I'm pulling from all sources. So, you know, Jerry. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, uh, looking into your your uh, background and history, your Chiricahua, Mescalero, Lippin, Vidonkin, uh, Cohe, uh, little uh, little bit of Aztec, but you're on the maternal fa- side of the Geronimo family, and right. I explain to people how the importance of being on the maternal side. The maternal side ruled. 
that meant that uh, the woman had the last word on, on any major decision. I mean, the men could be uh, a warrior. They could be on the war council. Uh, but uh, the final approval was always uh, stamped, a uh, sealed approval by the woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's, there's an interesting thing. I come across a quote uh, from your mom and your great-grandmother, and it's, it's not important what you are. It's important to become who you are. And I thought that's what great wisdom there is in that. Because uh, even uh, when I was growing up, uh, the attitude toward uh, Native Americans was not a good one. And uh, they were very much uh, protective of me because they were so afraid that I might be uh, uh, captured and sent off as a prisoner of war because uh, the men, uh, boys, were still considered uh, wow. prisoner of war uh uh, applicant and uh, uh, they didn't want to see that happen, nor did they want to see me go to an Indian uh, uh, school either, you know, and have my language mm. and culture stolen. When did you, when, when were you made aware of who your ancestor was? Uh, very early. Uh, when my mom was uh, having tuberculosis in Boulder, Colorado, uh, she uh, had me. And my grandmother left uh, San Carlos Reservation uh, on a sabbatical uh, with the promise of she would return, which she never did because she was uh, too possessive of uh, taking care of me for the rest of my life. And she uh, actually got a hold of me uh, there from the hospital early because I was a preemie. And uh, she had lots of money. And there's a good story about all of that. You have to buy the book. Okay. <laughs> the book is called Lena Tuha, which is my great-grandmother's name. And in parentheses, it says, an Apache maiden. And the ghostwriter is Isherbaum. That's I-S-H-E-R-B-O-M-B. And uh, it'll tell you the whole story. And, of course, uh, to protect the innocents, uh, the names have been changed. Uh, that's to protect me. That's been, uh, you can, that's, can be found on uh, Amazon, correct? It'll be coming out on Amazon. It's in the final stages now. What was your reaction when you discovered who your ancestor was? Well, to start off with, it's taboo to mention the dead. So my grandmother... Uh, in the Apache culture. In the Apache culture. So my grandmother said uh, the important thing to remember is that uh, Geronimo was not his uh, uh, Indian name. Okay. Uh, but uh, he was referred to as Geronimo. And then uh, from a very early, early, early age, she just said that to, to be proud of my heritage and that uh, one day that I would uh, definitely need to get back to my people and be like my ancestry upbringing would be and that is to do whatever I could do for the people that are my tribesmen. And that's what you're doing now? That is. That is a fact. How are you doing that now? Well, one of the things that's happened recently is I did do in coordination with the uh, National Native American uh, Veterans Memorial that was uh, dedicated this last November uh, 11th on Veterans Day. Uh, with that, uh, I wound up uh, being uh, asked to be liaison for the uh, Apache Nation, uh, the Yavapai Apache Nation in uh, Camp Verde. And with that, uh, we had a peace treaty. And the peace treaty is that we have the wall that's coming in, the Vietnam Wall, 
and mm-hmm. that we want to go ahead and in conjunction uh, marry the two uh, and have them come together and actually they, they it went for it so well that on March 31st is being dubbed as the uh, day of recognition and on that uh, we're going to be having our uh, normal like exodus Mm -hmm. like we practice our exodus we're going to have dancing testimonies uh cooking and it's going to be offered to anyone that's there to uh, observe and uh give respects there to the uh uh, the traveling wall and so as liaison uh the one man who from washington dc who's the department of uh, defense has invited me to come out in may to washington dc to some mall and to be the advocate for the veterans of the a whole nation of uh, Indians, so that we may be trying to come uh, commemorate a day of recognition for all tribes across the United States. Long overdue. Yes. Way long overdue. And oh, sure, I, sure. I, I say that as a military man, <laughs> and knowing that you're a military man, long overdue. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, Jerry, I have to ask you. Uh, I've always heard, and I, uh, you know, for me, this our, our visit today is going to be asking you to dispel or uh, reaffirm rumors. So we dealt with the first one. The second one is, I've always heard it was the at the end when of uh, Geronimo's freedom before he was sent off to uh, Florida mm-hmm. uh, by General Miles that they were down to less than forty people. That was Braves and women. Mm-hmm. Hiding in the mountains uh, of New Mexico and Arizona uh, mm-hmm. from 5,000 U.S. cavalry troops. And uh, it was the women who said that we're done. This is it. We're going to, we're willing to, we want to go to uh, the cavalry and U.S. cavalry and negotiate a peace. And that they're the ones who negotiated the peace. Um, and I'm not saying that the U.S. Cavalry lived up to their promises. They didn't. They didn't. But nonetheless, uh, is is that a true statement? Because that in the in the most recent film, Geronimo, it's not there. Uh, oh, what he says is uh, yes, that was the true fact. The true fact was when uh, Lieutenant Gatewood and the two uh, Chiricahua uh, scouts uh, came uh, down to Mexico and they were finally intercepted and uh, met with uh, the tribe of, you ready for this, 28. Hmm. 28, that's all it was left. Wow. And the negotiations were set forth in, in the fact of, of re-educating Geronimo on what was going on on the reservation. Uh, young men were being killed. Uh no longer on their death certificates was going to be saying that they fell off a horse, fell off a roof. Uh, it was simply uh, on their death certificate coming out as uh, death, cause of death unknown. Uh, the other thing that was happening uh, that was a real shock, especially to the women, was the fact that the children, toddlers, all the way up to the teens, were being uh, uh, confiscated and taken, uh, actually in small little tiny handcuffs. Hmm. and put on trains and sent to uh, New Carlisle, Pennsylvania, in a school to uh, give up their language and to give up their culture. Well, that's when the women said enough was enough because they were tired, they were hungry, they no longer wanted to be hunted, 
And the most important thing that brought this to a, a final end was if their children were going to be euthanized for not cooperating, then it was time that they saw no future. They would even not know even the uh, Chiricahua Apaches ever existed. And so hmm. they said in order not to have that happen, to give up the ghost. Wow. You know, there's a great story uh, when Geronimo went in to parlay with Miles, and it was ongoing. Uh, Miles went off to do a little hunting, and coming back he got I guess a little disoriented wasn't really sure where he was and out of nowhere uh, some of the Apache warriors pop up and escorted him back to the uh, camp uh, can you add any validity to that uh, that one I'm not too sure of but I, I do know that uh, Miles full intent was once he uh, got uh, Geronimo across the border into the United States and actually uh, met him there in uh, Skeleton Canyon, uh, he had officers uh, ready to disarm all of the uh, Apaches, including the uh, uh, scouts, and then his full intent was to go and uh, put him up for trial because he wanted him to be hung immediately. And then when he got to Bowie, he got a surprise. The Army had, uh, and the Department of Defense already uh, getting uh, early word that that might be his intentions, told him that hands off that these were prisoners of war and that they would be escorted to the nearest uh, railhead and they would be shipped off immediately. Mm. Wow, we got we got to do our first commercial break here, uh, fellas. Uh, it is Amo Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with you. Our guest is Jerry Martin. He is the great-grandson of Geronimo. And we will be back with much more of Amo Francis, Voices of the West, right after these important messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson. 520 777 1911 
11. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Today, more than ever before, women are on the front lines of America's defense. These brave women struggle and sacrifice to help keep our country secure. They deserve to be recognized for their service as guardians of freedom. Please support the American Legion's efforts to serve the growing number of women veterans. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn to- I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Boss, I wouldn't be so awful careless about this shooting and cattle wrestling. Was I you? You don't like it, eh? Well, I was only thinking. I'll do all the thinking. You and the rest do as you're told, and we'll get somewhere. Where? You got a six-gun where your brains ought to be. This is the Voices of the West. Ramble on, get along the trail, hurry on, ain't phony. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. And uh, our guest is Jerry Martin. He is the great-grandson of the shaman Geronimo. Geronimo is the correct Geronimo. pronunciation. Geronimo. Is the correct pronunciation. Um, anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> Jerry, I, I forgive me. I am in awe, okay? I mean, it's your fanboy. It's my regalia. It's got to be. It's got to be. Um, you know, in, when I, I I go back in history, in my family history, and my great grandfather served at Fort Huachuca, Fourth uh, B, B Troop, Fourth U.S. Cav, and I, I have tried to read his escapades, but it it's written in the Czech language, uh, his native language, and can't find a translation and here I am sitting across from you um, I, I, I <laughs> I'm without words my friend <laughs> deja vu for your, your I, I guess career. so yeah. I, I, I'm just I am I don't think in You're my ch- in my career I have ever uh, I don't even know where to go with this <laughs> You're just a typical <laughs> fanboy Harry I guess no I don't know that it's that no I it's just the the honor um, from my perspective. That's the way I feel, having it's, him on the show. It's, it's the, you know, on, Jerry, the honor uh, of meeting you, getting having you here, and and getting the true story, as it were, as opposed to what Hollywood and what the history books say. Well, Some of it might let, be true. But. Let's ask that question about Hollywood. Okay. Jerry, there have been many films about your great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. Is there one that has anything that you like at all other than just from the artistic point 
from the truthful point or that you find to be real enough to carry the message? Yes, studies. Uh, Remendition is is the closest Mm -hmm. and the best. And there's actually a one that you will find on YouTube that was actually done by the Native Americans that is even more accurate. And I can't... Yes. Yes. Uh, Which, uh, you can't get any closer to the truth than that. So, I mean, uh, I'll have to look it up and give you the name of it and uh, or look it up on uh, uh, YouTube again. So, it's there. Okay. Uh, During break, we were talking about... um, how your great-grandfather died, the contraction of pneumonia and such. Let's set the record straight. Okay, the record straight. Okay, when my grandmother uh, was telling me about the different stories that were going on and that uh, the one that was kind of the almost the truth was a fact of uh, they hated Geronimo down in uh, uh, Fort Sill. Mm. They were tired of babysitting him. He was an old man. And uh, they found him as useless, and in their whole opinion, they thought he should have been hung a long time ago. And the, it was the, the, this Fort Sill. Uh, this was soldiers, or the the, soldiers. These are okay. the soldiers. He actually uh, see. He never uh, was allowed any kind of freedom at all. He always had a, a bodyguard or a chaperone, or however you want okay. to uh, refer to it. However. Uh, with that, it was said that he got drunk, and then on a February night, and then he, uh, uh, the guys rolled him off the back, and they pretended that they didn't know that he wasn't there, and they got back, and they go, oh, we're going to have to go look for him in the morning, and that was the one story, the true story, and this was because my little grandma knows what goes on, uh, and yeah. she knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, you will, I've read several, several accounts that actually is part of the truth. Part of the truth is that he w- fell off a horse and then uh, contracted pneumonia in the February cold winter. Hmm. That's part of the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the story. <laughs> you know, Jerry, as long as we're talking about family connections hang, here... Hang on, Bunker. Let, let him finish this. Uh, oh, I thought he had. I no. apologize. No, no, that's okay. So here he is. He's on the reservation there. Uh, he has a cousin, a, a youngster... And his youngster has the liberty of going and coming. Well, in Lawton, they had a a system going, and the system was that an Indian that needed to get some booze, all he needed to do was put uh, uh, the money on a a two-by-four on the fencing in the back of the bar. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, there was a bell back there that he could ring the bell and then take off. The guy would come, and he'd take the money, can it, be sure what it was, and then put the bottle there on the shelf, and then the Indian would make a big circle and then come by and pick it up and be gone. Well, this happened, and he and Geronimo, after Geronimo snuck out the window, and they met, and they got good and drunk. (laughs) Now, the cousin decides that he's going to let Geronimo have the horse because he wants the horse. Why does he want the horse? Because he's finally had it. He's going to go home. Now, the cousin, uh, uh, or the, it was actually a nephew, if I remember right, nephew. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he goes back, and everything is good until morning. And what they found was Geronimo's not in his room like he's supposed to be, and the uh, nephew's uh, horse is missing. And so uh, in the snow, they see what's gone on, so they start the hunt. 
Well, during the night, what had happened was Geronimo had headed west on a hard gallop, got out of the area that he was unfamiliar with, and he ran his horse up a high uh, ravine down into the creek, killing the horse instantly. His body laid there uh, crippled mm. uh, from his waist down in the water, and that's how they found him. And then they pulled him out of the water, and they carried him back to the, uh, um, uh, whatever they call that, uh, the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a word for it. But infirmary. Infirmary, that's the mm-hmm. word I was looking for. The infirmary, and of course, the uh, nephew was there again. And the interesting step was that on his deathbed, Geronimo told his nephew, if he could have done it again, he would not have surrendered that it would have been better that had he been the last man standing and he did die of pneumonia. Wow. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> so, Jerry, yes, sir. Um, you know, there's there's always been this, some might call it a legend, some might call it an urban myth that, I mean, it's in it's written in history books that the only time Geronimo was ever captured was by the Indian agent at the time, John Clum, who went on to become Wyatt Earp's, one of his closest friends. He was also the mayor of Tombstone. He was also the editor and publisher of the Tombstone Epitaph. Right. Did did Geronimo have respect for John Clum as an enemy or as a friend because that he was able to capture him on either side of that? If if that's true in the first place. It's really a two-part question. Uh, well, I can answer that in a two-part answer. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yes, he respected him highly. And yes, he allowed him to become his friend. And at one time, there was another friend that he had uh, on the reservation that when he before he escaped and left the reservation, he found that it was more worthy to kill his friend because he didn't want his friend to die by some stranger who mm. didn't even know who he was, mm. but that he would uh, die by the hands of someone who had respect for him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And who was that? Uh, it, was, uh, it was some uh, individual, uh, a friend that was on the reservation that was a white guy. They used to sit on the porch on, on two rockers for the longest time. And uh, it was one of those things that uh, my little grandma says, they were the best of friends, but then when he had to leave and this old man was an old man, he decided that uh, he would uh, do him the favor and uh, let him die with honor. Hmm. All about honor. honor all about honor. Seems to be escaping these days, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Big time. Yeah. Uh, Jerry? Yes, sir. I was going to ask, you know, uh, I grew up in Rio Dosa, which, of course, is surrounded by the Mescalero Reservation. Right. And as a kid, I I used to hang out, hang out at Apache Summit on the weekends because uh, Robert Geronimo uh, would set up a teepee and mm-hmm. you would greet people and sell stuff. And then in later years, I got to be really close friends with uh, Cuth Lee. And we worked the movies together. And I, as I understand, they were on the 
paternal side of the family. Were, were you acquainted with them as, as relatives uh, yes, at all? Uh, yes, I am. I'm acquainted to them. And uh, Harlan uh, uh, Geronimo is another uh, individual that I respect very highly, and he is my cousin, and uh, is along with uh, Robert Redfeather. i got to throw his name out there. And he's out <laughs> mm-hmm. in California way. He teaches the uh, Apache knife fighting to the military, mm-hmm. and he has a, a copy product out that uh, I guess will uh, put hair on your chest, and that's not very good for an Indian. You know? <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. I'm, I'm glad. I, 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 I feel closer to you, my friend. <laughs> Big family. Is, 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 that, is that a correct assumption? That uh, the it, correct it's assumption huge, is huge I've family? had uh, uh, cousins here in the uh, uh, Phoenix area, Tucson, uh, Alaska. They've moved to Alaska. Goodness. I've got them up in Washington State. Uh, um, you got to remember something. Geronimo was a, not only a ladies' man, he was actually married 11 times. Wow. And we're not going to uh, talk about uh, the women that really found it very honorable to be with such a great warrior as Geronimo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to do our next commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with you. Our guest, Jerry Martin, the great-grandson of Geronimo. We'll be right back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want, Russell, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent to sit there on your place and keep your 
your whiskey warm while you're gone. Brenna Hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hey, this is Robert Fuller, uh, Jess Harper from Laramie, and we're listening to the Voices of the West. <laughs> We're back on Emil Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest, Jerry Martin, he is the uh, great-grandson of Geronimo. Hold the presses. Hold. I've got a fella, I've got a fella here. Hold the press. Sitting right next to me, Rudy Ramos. Ah! Uh, I'm an Apache. He does, he does a great show on Geronimo, and uh, I want him to just say hello to Jerry. Here yes. you go. We, we were talking about that before. Jerry, hi. Yes. It's Rudy Ramos. Hey, same to you. How are you, sir? I am as good as the best and better than the rest, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you? Uh, I am uh, sitting here in uh, Tucson at the... uh, White Stallion Ranch. That's where I'm do you live in this area? Uh, no, I don't. I've uh, uh, lived in uh, Sedona, and I uh, just moved recently over to Camp Verde, Arizona. Okay. Well, I uh, I just wanted to say hello to you. Okay. And uh, you know, it was an honor uh, playing. Uh, Geronimo was your grandfather. Yes, it. That's correct. Uh, for for six years, I traveled around the country doing a one man show. Uh, actually, did it for the for the chief, uh, the Warm Spring Apaches out of uh, uh, Apache, Oklahoma. Hmm? Uh, I did it in Lawton, Oklahoma. In Lawton. So. Yeah. I've I've done it in a lot of cities, and it was a real honor to you know give him the voice that I felt uh, he never had that he deserved. Well, so voice. I hope someday you get to see this show. Thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, what we need to do now is give him a rest uh, so that he can rest in peace. It's still uh, Harlan's and my uh, dream and hope that we can bring his remains back to Arizona, where he, he can actually rest in peace. Mm-hmm. That would be wonderful. That, that would be wonderful. Yes. Yep, that would be wonderful. That's uh, that's part of my show, and that he always wanted to go back to his 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 land. Yes, he did. Uh, Never happened, though. No, what he did do is uh, he uh, pled to uh, uh, Roosevelt uh, that if he wanted to retaliate uh, on him, then fine, uh, to let his people go back to Arizona and that he would go ahead and uh, remain the burden of staying a prisoner, and uh, that wasn't to happen. And yet, once he left uh, Roosevelt's presence, uh, Roosevelt told his assistant, you know, I have to respect that man because everything that he has done was not anything different than I would have done myself. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Yep. Exactly. Wow. So, Jerry, I Rudy, feel thank you. Rudy, thank you much for joining us. Appreciate you're it welcome, so much. Rudy. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I'll tell you. I turn you back to it. Okay. Thank you. So, Go Jerry, ahead, you know, we'll for a culture that is always so constantly. Uh, uh, aligned with, hey, described as, or whatever, being so violent, being so brutal, being so ruthless, torture, so on. 
you know, for years now, um, as I mentioned to you, my parents collected American Indian art and so on, and my mom always had Apache, Navajo, Sioux, Cheyenne, sayings and cards and so on, and I came across this Apache wedding blessing, which really dispels the rumor of how such a brutal people were so brutal when, how could they write this and share this and think this without being something different than the way they were portrayed. So I'll just read it quickly. Now you will leave, Now you will feel no rain, for each of you will be shelter for the other. Now you will feel no colds, for each of you will be warmth for each other. Now there is no loneliness for you. Now there is no loneliness for you. Now there is no more loneliness. Now you are two persons, but there is still one life before you. Go now to your dwelling place to enter into the days of your togetherness, and may your days be good and long upon the earth. Apache Wedding Blessing. So That's if you nice. wouldn't mind just sharing your your view of that, because you grew up somewhat in the culture, as opposed to the rest of us who just watched it on bad television. <laughs> I actually was around it. <laughs> I, okay, Bunker, I'll include you on that side of it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, when I was being raised, my uh, grandmother always let me know that uh, the Apaches were uh, uh, a family unit. Their belief, one of the first things that was uh, always taught by the women was to pray to Houston. Houston is our creator, and he has uh, always been with us. And then we are to pay homage to the son, which is the father, and, of course, the mother being Mother Earth. Of course, that's from which things uh, grow from. Uh, the, the peace that we have both within ourselves and with others is to be left, uh, to leave and be left alone. <laughs> we were nomads. Uh, we uh, very rarely uh, planted things, but where we did plant things, we would always return to depending on the season. Uh, we were great traders. We would take anything and try to make a uh, uh, do with it. Uh, the things on raiding, uh, I, was, I was told once that well, you guys would have killed yourselves because you were always raiding and you should have been self-annihilating. And I said, well, you don't understand. It's not how it worked. When a, a tribe raided another tribe, it was uh, done with rules. The rules were it was warrior to warrior. There was never any children involved. There was never any women involved. And there was never any elderly involved. And uh, the spoils goes to the honor of them who uh, fought the be better battle. And, of course, at one time it was always the horse that was the uh, coveted uh, uh, prize, and of course, later as uh, uh, miners, settlers, and soldiers came into play, then uh, it, the coveted items were weapons uh, and bullets. That had to be really difficult for the white man to absorb what you just said uh, about about your particular culture. That had to be really difficult because I don't think the white man can see that. Well, can I can I add something to that? Sure, go ahead. Because because I think Jerry will concur. Because one of the things is you, people don't realize that the Apache uh, they didn't go out and just murder the farmers no. and the ranchers. No. They looked uh -huh. at the, they looked at them as kind of like the Seven Eleven. You go down, you pick up a couple of quarts of milk or a horse and a pig <laughs> or whatever, and you go back because you don't want you don't want to burn down your Seven Eleven. There you go. And That's it, right. it was only if, when somebody would would kill an Apache, but then it became blood. 
Right. Uh, an example, to, uh, I, when I first was married and I got invited to my first Thanksgiving, uh, I had never met the grandmother of the family on my uh, wife's side. And they were very, very, very well-to-do. And anyway, she was the matriarch, of course. She was the one living the longest and uh, ruling the roost. And when they brought her in, they sat her directly across the table from me. (laughs) This was the first time she'd ever seen me. She sat, and when she raised her eyes and saw me, she let out a a cold curling scream and everyone ran to her aid and she was just holding her chest saying oh my god oh my god that's an Indian and then uh, yes wow. yes that's an Indian uh, that's uh, uh, our, my daughter's uh, husband and she, she says you know I gotta tell you a quick story she says the last time I saw an Indian that close they had snuck up on our ranch my husband had his rifle leaned up on the fence. My children were playing in, uh, near the corral, and I was over by the water trough, and they had three of them just out, came out of nowhere. One of them dropped a bundle of uh, beaver pelts and so forth and blankets, and the other two, or the other one, went back to the smoke shed, took their provisions, and then they came and they bowed to us and they had war paint on and they were fully armed and they backed up their horses until they were far enough away that we couldn't, if we did grab our guns and shoot, we would never reached them. Wow. Mm. Wow. All That's right. the way it was. All right, Jerry, time for Indian humor. Indian humor. Okay, here's a little <laughs> Indian humor. Now, of course, uh, this might be a little hard to imagine because I'm sitting here in regalia. I mean, I've got uh, my Colt 45 and my Bowie knife and uh, all my Winchester uh, over on the other Winchester table with feathers on it, the whole nine mm-hmm. yards here. But I'm not always dressed this way. I usually have my hair in a, a little, like a little ponytail, and I wear regular clothes. And I'm in uh, shopping for my wife, and I'm at uh, a, a hardware store. And I had a whole bunch of uh, 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 potting soil, bags of potting soil. And mind you, this person taps me on the back and says, Excuse me, are you Native American by any chance? I said, uh, Yes, I am. And then he looks over and says, uh, Are you doing some gardening? I said, No, I'm not. He says, You're not. I said, No. I said, I'm buying back my land one bag at a time. <laughs> And not only that, I got a receipt this time. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, as a, how many how many inches was that reservation of yours that you bought? <laughs> Why don't you? My wife has a large garden. <laughs> that is that is great. I think on that note, we're going to take our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, our guest Jerry Martin. He is the great grandson of Geronimo. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're done. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Hey, you, give me another drink before the fight starts. Say, wait a minute. When is this fight going to start? When you find out I can't pay for these drinks. This is the Voices of the West. 
back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like to always finish it off with a bit of Knuckles old tool there. Yeah, well, I'm going to be the, wrapping up here. So yes, so. yes, you are. <laughs> Tickling the ivories. Find uh, a picture you like. <laughs> here we go. All right. Uh, Jerry Martin is our guest. He is the great-grandson of uh, Geronimo. Jerry, you got a favorite Western or two? A favorite Western? Yeah. Oh, I used to like the the Rifleman. The All right. Rifleman used to be impressive. And some don't even remember this, but uh, uh, Dead or Alive with that well, yeah. short uh, shotgun or yeah, Winchester. Yeah. Steve, Steve McQueen. Yeah, Steve yeah. McQueen. Uh, Water Dead or Alive. used to be one of my favorites. The Mayor's Leg. Oh, yes. Yeah, the Mayor's <laughs> Leg. Mayor's yeah, they, they filmed uh, here at the White Stallion. There's a, a movie location. They filmed uh, Winchester 73 up in the mountains over oh, here. Yeah. Uh, the movie... Arizona from 1939. Uh, that was filmed here. In fact, that's what Old Tucson was built for, uh, for that particular movie. And bunches of bunches of things filmed here uh, in the 30s and 40s. So the High Chaparral. The High Chaparral as well. Uh, that Bunker that was, was in. That was actually a good show. <laughs> that, was, that was a TV show. I liked it. Yes. Yeah. We, we all. I think we all. Liked Which one was Linda Evans in? That was Big Valley. That was Big Valley. Oh boy, did I did I my heart uh, do double time for her. <laughs> You're not alone, fella. That other sound you heard was me. Oh god. So Jerry, I gotta ask you, um, what is the biggest misconception about your great grandfather Geronimo? And what is the one that one thing? And then what is the one thing? That nobody knows about your grandfather that you want to share. Good question. Oh, those are two good questions. Okay, the first one is by being so bloodthirsty and uh, uh, killing, uh, uh, being ruthless and killing just for the mere sport and pleasure of killing. He never considered uh, the white man, which is called uh, white eyes. And the reason we, they're called white eyes, if you look across the gentleman's here, you can see. Now, if you see in my eyes, it's a coffee color. Right. Yeah. How about that? Nice. Huh? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, with that, uh, the misconception was uh, things like uh, scalping. Uh, the scalping was a, a reward that the Mexicans had uh, uh, placed on all of the Apaches. Uh, so, and then you had a uh, Texas. Uh, like, uh, what do you want to call them, raiders or whatever, that would uh, run around and try to uh, kill as many uh, women, children, and men that they could, and then they would take their uh, scalps down to Mexico and they would get their uh, reward. And so the, uh, we we were not the ones that started it. I'm not saying that we never did it. Uh, but what we didn't do is we didn't do it to a live individual. That was a, a, a real sa- a sacrilege. We couldn't do that. Uh, like uh, burning somebody on a wagon wheel uh, while they were alive or torturing. Uh, the only thing that we ever did as a torture would be to uh, bury an individual and then maybe pour honey on their head. Mm, for the ants. And, and let the ants do the job. But we ourselves weren't that ruthless. Okay, the second thing. Something that I know that uh, most uh, people don't know. Well, maybe you might know that uh, Geronimo did become a Christian. 
But he got kicked out of uh, the denomination that he had joined because he couldn't give up drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like God. Hey, wait a minute. I resemble that remark. <laughs> hey, uh, Jerry, mm-hmm. you know, you, you and you did your talk up at Sedona. You, you, you spoke about how Sedona was the local Mount Sinai. Yes, and you said it was a beautiful place on sacred ground. And it made me think of the mountain gods and how important the mountain plays in the uh, Apache culture and in the ceremonials. That is correct. Uh, the Avapai uh, tribe are the same, no different than the uh, Levites in your Bible and the Israelites. Hmm. They were the ones who had that whole perimeter and were the guardians of that the sacred grounds there. And we consider the vortexes, or what you guys call the vortexes, uh, our living uh, ancestors that are still roaming about uh, for our uh, comfort and uh, wisdom. No, we, we do pray for them, and they usually speak to us through the wind. Do younger members of of the uh, of of your nation, of your tribe, do they still are they uh, taught this sort of thing, and do they uh, pay attention to it? It is now becoming a little more uh, uh, prevalent of bringing back the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has happened within the last uh, two or three years uh, down in San Carlos. So we've had some lang- uh, linguistic uh, professors who have brought the language back because of the wind, uh, the wind talkers. If right, you remember right, them. right, right. Well, that, that's Navajo. And what they did discover was that the Navajo and the Apaches down in San Carlos, their language is so similar and yet they say that they're not related to one another well anything that that's that that close i'm sorry there, there's a relationship there for uh, you know you can deny all you want that's the realist in you yeah that is that's correct what is uh, what is happening now for uh, jerry martin what are you up to these days uh jerry martin up to these days is uh, fulfilling my uh uh great-grandmother's uh dream for me and that was to come back to Arizona rejoin myself with my people do what I can do for my people uh, quest that I wanted I'll be sure to do uh, along with Harlan because he's been in front of Congress and said uh, uh, let my people go let Geronimo go back to his home soil and, and give him eternal rest. What is the problem with that? Why can't that be granted? Uh, they just don't want uh, see see it the way we see it they, it's they European have, mentality, that's well, what it, it is. It makes perfect sense to do so. That Maybe that's why, that it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You, you got, you got, Harry, you got to remember we're dealing with the ancestors of Europeans. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, wow. Kind of reminds me of that great line in, in Blazing Saddles where uh, uh, Sheriff Bart goes out into the street to greet the people as the new sheriff of the town. And he gets horribly degraded and insulted, and the, they cut the scene, and now he's sitting there with a dejected face, and behind him is his good buddy, um, the Cisco kid, Gene Wilder, and he says, what, what did you expect them to do? Hi, Sonny. How are you? Please marry my daughter. He says, you know, they're, they're, they're simple folk. You know, salt of the earth. They're morons. They're, uh, they have no, what I call common sense. I mean, common sense seems to be dead. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you are the wise one. You yeah, are no the wise kidding. one, Geronimo. No kidding. Wow. 
Jerry Martin, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I, well, I really appreciate the opportunity to meet you, with, meet you and have you come down and spend time with us here at the White Stallion Ranch. I, I just, thank you so and much. And I hope you do it again, and I, got to, I get to be there in person this time. Yeah, you're All right. You, that would be great. I'd love to meet you in person. You, what you what I want from Bunker. you is when you're going to put me in Hollywood. There you go. How about it, Bunker? Is Susan there? <laughs> Let's get him on the show or something, huh? Yeah. Oh, speaking of getting on the show, uh, I've got Bobby... Uh, Carradine lined up. He wants to do the show, right. and I'll, I'll, I'll we'll work it out later. Very well, excellent, uh, Jerry Martin. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Next time we get together, it'll be Movie Saturday, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. What are we going to do? We're going to do Chuck Wagon Westerns. What do you think about that stuff, Bunker de France? Circle the wagons. Uh, I, I, that's what I thought. Of. I love it. That's that's a, that's going to be like our snowy westerns. I think. I, I think, think it's so. going to be awesome. I think so. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 